Chris Sale's struggles continue and the injuries continue to pile up for the Red Sox. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I am your host, Jake Izuski. And here, as always, with my co host, Nesson Lauren Willand. And we're going to do our absolute best in this episode to be as positive as possible. It's no, Thursday, <laughs> one day away from Friday. Tough to be positive about this Red Sox team currently, you know, losing three games in a row against the Tampa Bay Rays. And they came so close in this one, losing eight to seven. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, – I don't even know where to begin. It's a, another shaky start from Chris Sale. The offense came alive too late, and it was just – I mean, sure, you can look at it and say, yeah, losing 9-7, to seven, There's but there's no moral victories in baseball, and it's just another frustrating loss. It's another frustrating lineup. Like, this lineup is just ugly, to say the least, and Chris Sale just has got to figure it out. There's – I'm – I mean, I know that he's sitting there saying there's no excuses, but I don't know if he has to start from scratch and figure out what what's going on. I don't know what the offense has to do. I don't I don't know. And it's yes, it's early. It's 12 games into the season, but you already have a gaping hole at shortstop. You have a huge problem at shortstop. The the infield just looked lost yesterday. The whole the, the defense looked lost yesterday, making silly plays, not knowing look like the the basic fundamentals, but. Yeah, I mean, it's what a weird start to the season. I don't know if weird is the right word because we 100% knew that this could be a possibility. Right. And we did say this, this that this lineup has the potential and this team has the potential. Things just have to go right and nothing is going right for the Red Sox right now. And, you you know, it's, it's very telling when, you know, a guy making his – MLB debut uh, in three innings, doesn't allow a hit and strikes out five and has eight strikeouts by the fifth inning. But, you know, Taj Bradley, uh, I mean, obviously this is a Red Sox podcast, but he had pinpoint control. He had filthy pitches. And there was some of those, you know, strikeouts the Red Sox had where, you know, doesn't matter if, you know, Shohei Otani or Mike Trout was up there, like they would have struck it out. He was, he was just looking really good, especially in his MLB debut. But, you know, as you said, it, w- it was nice to see some players in the offense sort of get out of their slump. You know, we saw Justin Turner with an RBI single, Kiki Hernandez, an RBI double. But as you said, like it was, it was, it, they, they got going, but it was too late and not enough. And, it's just it's the same old song and dance since last season, right? It's the the offense figures it out. The pitching is kind of is kind of struggling, and then when the pitching's on, the offense can't do anything. So I, it's just I mean, it was great to see Turner get on base. It was great to see Kike break out of that slump. Maybe that's something that gets him going offensively, but you can't rely on one player. You can't rely on on two players. This needs to be a a full team effort, and this lineup just is not it doesn't scream major league baseball lineup mm-hmm. and no, that's not Cora's fault. He's doing everything he can with what he has in front of him. Yes. He's not a perfect manager. Yes. He's going to make weird in-game decisions. And it's just after, after uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night's game, I was just, I mean, after it, it ended, I was just sitting there like, where does this team go from here? What is this direction? And that's a question we asked throughout the off season. Mm-hmm. Hell probably since last, last year's trade deadline, like what, 
is the direction of this team because the direction I'm feeling is just going down, down, down. And it's not a good feeling to have as a Red Sox fan, as someone who covers this team. And it's just, it's a simple question. What is the direction of this team? I don't think we're going to get any answers of, of sorts from that because I don't even know if, if the front office knows the direction of this team. And I think they're okay with that. And, you know, I, I think one thing going into the season that we talked about a lot was sort of the personalities and, and the energy on this team. And, you know, it, you saw it a little bit in, in the first few series, but you know, now that the losses are starting to pile up, you're, you're starting to see more quietness. You're not sort of seeing some of that energy uh, from the clubhouse like you're really hoping for. You know, like in, in a lot of Red Sox minds, it was like, you know, the roster on paper not going to ultimately win a World Series if you're being logical. Uh, but at the same time, the chemistry and the energy could hopefully get that get them over that hump because we we all know especially when teams jive and when they have their little things like that's the one thing that you know i i saw that the, i mean the oreos they're doing their little sprinkler thing they're doing their like uh the chug thing I, I mean the socks need something i i mean i saw justin turner doing like the the thing where you punch like your bicep or whatever but like everybody in their mother does that like in the majors and so i i they just got to get something to make them a little bit different to help them come closer together so then like maybe these losses don't sting as much and maybe that energy can get them over the hump to ultimately score enough runs to get some of these close wins they need a new lineup is what they need and <laughs> it's you know i know you said you wanted to stay positive or try to stay positive and i i mean i don't know what it was about last night maybe because i was just grumpy maybe because i didn't sleep well but it was just it put this awful taste in my mouth and i was like i mean sure the red Sox. i mean we talked about those that those personalities and those vibes and how they looked really good in spring training. And, you know, we said that that's what they need to carry into the regular season and they haven't. And I understand these players, they want to win. They don't want to be in the position they are right now. They're frustrated. They're they're They don't want to be losing, but I think it's so much more. They need so much more than a, a home run chant or a home run, whatever. And it's, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. All I know is that this this lineup and this defense right now is just not getting it done for the Red Sox. I agree. And, you know, luckily, you know, two guys we've spoken about a lot throughout this season that, that are really being the spark plugs for this lineup right now. And they're, they're sort of the only ones right now is, you know, Alex Verdugo continuing to get on base consistently, you know, had, had a, a double single as well. You know, then we also saw Rafael Devers with the three run shot, which was super clutch in the seventh inning to ultimately make it eight to seven. And then, you know, another guy who, who hasn't really, you know, been doing too, too much uh, offensively, Reese McGuire. He was three for four, uh, ultimately in this game. You know, had a you know a tough throw at second base there, where I forget who the runner was, but he should have been out at second. It was it was just an awful throw by by McGuire. But ultimately, like I think I think you know as the this lineup continues to go against better pitching and you know tougher tougher teams. Not to say like the wins are gonna get even even easier or you know they're gonna start to stack up even more. But I I think you know they'll continue to try and figure out what maybe isn't going right. And, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, you could also say, uh, you know, the tougher competition or, or the tougher battles that you go through really helps you learn how to ultimately take those, you know, losses or take those slumps and really learn from them th for the rest of the season. Because, you know, you, you said it perfectly, like we're only 12 games in. And so like if, if the Red Sox lineup does awful throughout this first month, kind of like they did last season, 
hopefully they can use it as a learning experience for how to do better in May and June in July, you know? Yeah, every team faces adversity. The Red Sox are just facing a lot of it very early on. And yes, they can turn it around. They're they're five and seven. They're in two games below five hundred. They're not zero and twelve, but it almost feels like they're zero and twelve just because yeah. of the wins they got. It's now it's just like what what happened to that? Mm. And the Rays are a very very tough team. There's absolutely no denying that. And they have put up some. You know, we saw them lose. Uh, they, yeah, we saw them lose one nothing in the opening game of the series. We know that this team can. You know, can be competitive, can try to shut down this Rays team. It's just now it's just, I, I mean, I keep saying I don't know. Like, I don't know what's next for this team. And like I said, every team does face adversity at some point in the season. And the Red Sox have a lot of it on their plate right now. And I think it will speak, uh, we'll see how they how they handle it, how they bounce back and how they go into their finale on Thursday and then into their series against the Angels. And then on Monday, which is like going to be a, literal marathon day for the for people in new england and people in boston when you have the red sox patriots day game when otani's gonna pitch and then you have the the marathon of course and then the bruins game one like it's supposed to be a great monday in boston if they can't win on patriots day with all those good vibes and just like everyone just happy to be in in the city on that day then mm-hmm. oh god th- th- that very well could be the end of the season right there and I already know they're going to play, you know, the hype up video, uh, you know, with, with how everything unfolded in 2013 and, you know, how, how the team was able to be resilient and, and you know, uh, really play for the city. And, you know, I hope some of the guys, you know, obviously most of the guys on this team weren't, weren't around back then, at, at least in Boston, playing in Boston. But I, I hope that fires them up to want to represent Boston and want to be resilient for uh, the city of Boston. You, you know, one guy you spoke, you said the word adversity and one guy who's who's dealt with a lot of adversity, uh, you know, over the last few years and even so far this season uh, is Chris Sale. And, um, you know, I, I want to get a little bit more into his start um, in our second segment because uh, th- there's some interesting things that I want to look at. And, you know, I agree with you. It, I'm very curious to see um, if, if this is what, Chris Sale is for the rest of the season, or if this is just a little glimpse and he's just trying to, you know, get out of his own way. But before we do that, uh, I want to talk to you about eBay Motors. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guarantee Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible uh, eligible items exclusions apply it just made me think about the russell wilson broncos nation let's ride uh oh, broncos country let's ride uh but now looking at chris sale you know lasted four innings ended up throwing you know 81 total pitches uh 55 uh of them were strikes and you know you mentioned it he, he's continued the same exact tone that he has throughout the season after his rough starts you know sort of just said one word tough you know, if, if we, he said, you know, if we had a better starting pitcher, we would have had a better chance to win. And it's really unfortunate to, you know, look deep into the numbers for Chris Sale. Uh, and, you know, I, I know I said we were going to be positive th- this episode, but you got to you got to 
look at the facts and, and be honest about these different things. Uh, you know, weighted on base average, he's uh, he's got a 445, which is uh, bottom 8% of the league. Uh, you know, his, his XERA is, is 701. Uh, and then, you know, his walks are up to 10.9. And so, you, you know, you're just starting to sort of see – uh, a, a little bit of a flawed version of Chris Sale, and we've never seen this before. And, you know, I, I think that maybe this is the time when, you know, not only Chris Sale, but Red Sox fans in general need to look in the mirror and, you know, sort of come to the realization, even though it's super early, and we don't know if this is the Chris Sale for the rest of the season, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to go out there and maybe give you a shutout. You know, he might allow, you know, two to three runs, you know, every single start. He might be a fourth starter now, which – in a, in a rotation filled with already three and four starters, does that help? No. But at the same time, you know, I, I think that uh, we can we can keep on praying and hoping that he's going to look at the film and figure it out. And, you know, working with Dave Bush is going to do something. But, you know, continuously, that slider has not been an effective pitch like it has for him in the past. Now, the Randy Rosarena home run, you know, it goes back to the same thing, um, you know, that, that we talked about um like last episode is those home runs that were allowed weren't, you know, pitches right down the middle that, that Whitlock threw. And, you know, some of them were, but, you know, generally the, the Rays are just really good hitters. And, you know, Rosarino was able to swing down in the zone and find a way to lift that ball over the fence. And uh, I, I think you got to be a really good hitter to be able to get down at that ball. And, and most hitters will probably swing and a miss, but I, I think with sale, you know, it's, it's just another tough pill to swallow. But I, I just hope that he takes these words, and we said this after his last start, he takes these words and he actually goes and proves it. Yeah, I mean, actions speak louder than words, right? We we know that, and I, I will always admire the how Chris Sale holds himself accountable and holds himself to higher standard, standards. Now it's just a matter of taking those words and forming them into solid starts. And yes, he did have the, the, the botched bunt play where everyone just kind of seemed like they – had no idea they lost in the headlights and then the the home run yes I mean the Rays are very good hitters but that's on the pitcher then to to kind of readjust and throw more competitive pitches and you know what the Rays can do you know that the Rays have a very very strong lineup and they've shown that through the first 12 games of this season so I I mean I really hope that he can bounce back but I mean you said it he's turning into a four starter and when this rotation has nothing but four starters, three, four, five starters on it, what are we doing? And, yeah. you know, I do believe Chris Sale can bounce back. I, I don't think he's going to be that dominant 2018 and prior pitcher, but I don't expect him to be, but I expect him to be much better than this. I think that the Red Sox deserve it. The fans deserve it. Yeah. And Chris Sale owes it to himself. He's put in a lot of work to get to where he is, and he's not getting the results he wants. He's not giving the results that the Red Sox and the fans want. And, you know, he's got five days now. He's got five days again until his next start. And hopefully he just kind of, you know, fresh fresh start, clean slate, scratch everything you've been doing and just kind of, I don't want to say start a whole new routine, but just what you're doing now isn't working. So we have to get away from that. And you have to be effective against these good teams, against AL East teams. Oh, man, it's just, it's a it's an ugly time for the Red Sox right now. And this dates back to last year, especially. And it's just, things just have not gotten better through the first 12 games of the season. And, you know, not, not only, 
you know, we're speaking about Chris Sale, but I, I think the defense, you know, kind of ties into this as well. And, you know, it was an issue last season. And it's already an issue this season. And, you know, Cora said on that botched bunt play, which, you know, if you didn't see the game, it was first and third. And uh, I forget who was at the play, but he ended up bunting it. And then, you know, uh, Tristan Cassis ended up going towards the plate to try and make the play like you're supposed to as a first baseman. And then what the second baseman is supposed to do is go over and cover. So Yu Chang came over way later than he was supposed to. And Sale tried to turn and throw to first base and nobody was there for him to throw it to. So his base is loaded. So he was just putting a really tough jam. And, you know, Cora spoke about it after the game and he said, you know, everybody was supposed to do what they were supposed to do, but, you know, Chang was supposed to be over there a little bit quicker. And so some of those like, nitty gritty routine type of plays that you would think as major league players, it's, it's super easy. You know, sometimes, you know, guys have brain farts or, you know, mentally forget exactly what their role is in some of those types of critical plays. But, you know, especially when it ultimately, uh, you know, forces a bases loaded, how, how does that, how does that help in any way? Chris sale, uh, you know, not get in his own head and, and, you know, not continue to, you know, beat himself um, with, with continuing to you know, not only let up runs, but also hits as well. And I, I think that's one thing that, you know, it doesn't help, you know, no fault to Bobby Dahlbeck, but now he's the shortstop, you know, and and I I, I was joking around with, you know, some different people at the Wu Sox yesterday of, you know, Heim Bloom was there at, at Polar Park and they were joking, you know, why is he here to maybe find an actual shortstop? And, you know, it, we, we were just sort of joking about the defense, but it's something that's like sad, like that's not good to have, you know, an awful subpar defense where, you know, the pitchers can't win. Yeah, I mean, this is when you have Bobby Dahlbeck as your starting shortstop 12 games into the season, that is a problem. And then, you know, Yu Chang, yes, made that mental error there, but that doesn't happen with somebody who's, you know, used to playing this game and used to being an everyday player. And I mean, yes, that would happen with a veteran, but it's just another another knock on the, the Red Sox here, not filling the voids that they needed to with appropriate players and not just a bunch of utility guys with quote unquote versatility that don't really have the versatility. They want the fans to believe they do because they Mm -hmm. don't. And we're seeing it right now. Bobby Dalbeck is not a major league shortstop. This man has struggled so much in the infield and you're just going to keep downing his confidence by playing a difficult position, a position that should not be an issue for the Red Sox for several different reasons. And you're putting Bobby Dalbeck there. So it's, I mean, the defense is just, it's laughable at this point because it's just, what are they doing? What is the direction of this team? When does it get better? Because you're looking toward the future and yes, they have a, you know, they have the bright future with the people in the farm system, but when, when does that happen? Because it's, it's a slow, painful process. This is not the Tampa Bay race and high and blue needs to stop treating this team like the Tampa Bay Rays because this isn't how, this isn't how the Red Sox normally operate. So, it's just I, uh, a mess, a mess. I was, I was just going to say, when you brought the Tampa Bay Rays, I mean, as I bet all Red Sox fans, when they hired Ein Bloom, in their mind, it was like, oh, geez, you know, we're, we're going to be a powerhouse, you know, not only have a stacked farm system, but you, you, you see what they're doing now. I mean, they have all these no names, but you now they're names, but like, prior to this prior to a few seasons before, you know, they, they weren't superstars and now they're 12 and zero, And so, you know, yes, you know, I, I completely agree with the point, you know, the Red Sox aren't the Tampa Bay Rays, but if you're going to use the same tactics, and I bet, you know, Red Sox fans can agree with me on this. If you're going to use it, try and use the same tactics for the Rays, 
when is that going to happen? Because the Rays are unbelievable right now, and they've been unbelievable since you left the organization. And, you know, it was interesting to see him at Polar Park yesterday. I was I was sort of trying to speculate why he was there. You know, Brian Mata was on the mound, and you know, maybe he was looking for, you know, a shortstop replacement. Maybe he was tapping in to see uh, so, sort of what the pitching looks like down there. And uh, I, it definitely didn't help too much, uh, you know, with Zach Kelly going down, you know, with uh, right elbow pain, because now he needs to, you know, use his notes that he took from being in Worcester and try and figure out who's going to replace Zach Kelly, most likely on the major league roster. And, you know, as somebody in Zach Kelly, who's, who's a friend of the podcast and, you know, somebody that I know you and I, we care about it. He's one of the nicest guys, you know, I, I've met on the team and uh, it, it was really tough to see him, you know, go down like that. And, you, you know, you, you could see him in agony and, you know, you never like to see not only somebody that you root for, but somebody that you care about um, be, be in agony like that. But I, I think that you agree with me right, right. When he went down, it's TJ. I mean, knock that's, on wood, knock on wood, hopefully not, but you know, I mean, that's, that's what it is. I'm no doctor, but that's what it looked like. And yeah. his reaction is, was that of a reaction of somebody who knows that their season is over, knows that either they're going to, their season is over. That's going to be a prolonged absence. I mean, Zach Kelly, yes. Friend of the pod, really good guy has just worked so hard to get to where he is today. And you could, the reaction on his face was just gutting, like gut. It, it was just like gut wrenching. He was, he was crying. He was sobbing. He was so emotional and after the game, he was like, I want to put the team first. I want to go out there and finish that inning. I couldn't. And it speaks to how much he loves playing baseball. He loves being part of the Red Sox. And the work he's put in has certainly paid off. And he had a torn UCL uh, two years ago. So he certainly knows what that feels like. And if that is the, the outcome of this, I'm just going to be so sad just because he's, he's such a good person. He's worked so, so hard, loves the game of baseball. And I, he talked about his journey on this podcast, and it's admirable. And to see it, I mean, it's not, I don't think his career is over, but to see what happened on Wednesday, just like, damn, of all people. And you don't want to see that happen to anyone, but someone who has such a, a heartwarming, I guess, and really story of being, of working really, really hard to reach your dreams. I mean, that's, that's that Kelly. And I really hope it's, you know, that it's not the UCL, that he doesn't need Tommy John surgery, but the reaction has me saying otherwise, we won't know until after the weekend. He is going to get imaging on Friday. So it's just like, you just hope for the best for him. Hopefully that, I mean, they called it, the Red Sox have called it inflammation and pain. Hopefully it's just that. Hopefully it's just a little inflammation, a little bit of pain, and he'll be back, you know, next month. But that's what, you know, that's what we're hoping for. That's the best. And, but his reaction, I'm just like, oh, it was just, it was gut-wrenching. And, you know, it's great to, you know, hear that, you know, he didn't want to be selfish and he wanted to put the team first, but, you know, trying to, you know, put myself in his shoes. If he was being selfish, I bet all I thought in his mind, not to try and be negative, but, you know, this was my shot. This was my shot to show that I'm a major league pitcher. You know, I, I, I had a, a few appearances in September last year, but this is when I made the opening day roster. And, you know, he just had a baby too. And, you know, know. it's it, not, not to say like sort of connected to, you know, anytime a backup quarterback comes out in football and, you know, he performs really well, sometimes it brings up those questions like, and, and, you know, teams are interested and, you know, it's the same thing in baseball, you know, if somebody else fills his shoes and, you know, really steps up to the plate, you know, they could fill his role for the, for, you know, for the future. But, you know, we, we can't, we don't have a crystal ball. We can't predict the future or anything like that, but all we can do is, you know, say prayers up for Zach Kelly and, and hope the best. But, you know, now the biggest question is who's going to replace Zach Kelly? And, you know, we're going to speak more about that 
uh, in our third segment. But before we do that, Lauren wants to talk to you about Rocket Money. So if you're somebody like me who has subscriptions after subscription after subscription and you end up forgetting what you've subscribed to and then all the money is getting taken out of your account on a monthly basis, Rocket Money is for you. I actually just did this the other night. I had a notification pop up that I had a subscription that I did a free trial and then it turned into a monthly subscription. So I had to go cancel that. But using Rocket Money makes it so much easier to see what subscriptions you have and helps you save a lot of money. And you have the whole try it free for 30 days. That's just enough time to try it and then completely forget about it. In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about. You could be wasting money, not even realizing it. Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones you don't use. Do you honestly know how much your subscriptions are costing you each month? Most Americans think they spend around 80-ish dollars, but in reality, it's over $200 or closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, then you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps you find that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. If you are looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all that sugar and the calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar. And that is, of course, you know, by now, Built Bar, you have got to try this. If you're like me and want to take and want to make healthier eating a priority and you want healthier snacks, but you don't want to compromise the taste, I've got this thing for you, Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. They have flavors for everyone. My personal favorite is cookies and cream. They have a flavor for literally everyone. And maybe you're like, hey, Lauren, what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Every bar, every puff, 100% real chocolate. And now you don't need to wait to get a box for the last few years. We've been talking about going to built.com, ordering your box. But now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors still at built.com. But now you just don't have to wait. Go to the pharmacy section at Walmart. Head on over to your Sam's Club if that's closer. Grab yourself a box of Built Bar. If you're close to Sam's Club, you can grab the 13-bar box with our hit flavors from Brownie, Brownie Batter Puff and Churro Puff. You can thank me later. These are so good. So whether it's Built.com, Walmart, or Sam's Club, make sure you get yourself some Built Bars. So now with the injury of Zach Kelly, the biggest question is who is ultimately going to replace him if he does go down? Now, Alex Cora did mention that he will be traveling with the team, but he did also say that there could potentially be a reliever that comes with the team as well, uh, you know, going to Thursday's game uh, to ultimately fill Kelly's spot. I, I did end up hitting, uh, you know, what up one of the team's beat reporters asking him, you know, who could that potentially be? He said, probably not going to happen at this point. So it uh, looks like the Red Sox most likely pending, pending a, another transaction prior to tonight's game could be going into Thursday's matchup against the Rays without one of their uh, relievers. But that just begs the question, you know, going into the future, if Zach Kelly does ultimately have Tommy John surgeries out for the rest of the season, knock on wood, hoping the best for him. But I think, you know, it's it's really tough to look at this 40-man roster and see somebody uh, that could really fill this spot easily. You know, Wyatt Mills still on the uh, 15-day IL, you know, same with uh, Joey Rodriguez. And really the only person that you could bring up that isn't Brian Mata or 
Brandon Walter or Chris Murphy is the guy that you just sent down in Cutter Crawford. Uh, it is Cutter Crawford. The Red Sox just announced it. So um, he will be uh, taking uh, Zach Kelly's place. Zach oh Kelly was placed on the 15-day IL. So Cutter Crawford is up, which I think is, is fine. But then again, that leaves you shorthanded in the bullpen. So I have a solution for the Red Sox. You take Garrett Whitlock, right? You put him in the bullpen. And you keep Cutter Crawford in the rotation. Uh, thank me later. Thank me later. But I think I just figured out the uh, the issue here. But you still have pitchers coming back from from injuries. You still have Brian Bayo to account for. So there's still going to be some more you know merry-go-round moves here. But for now, I think Cutter Crawford should keep his spot in the rotation. And you put Garrett Whitlock in the bullpen. I'm always going to find a way to shoehorn Garrett Whitlock into the bullpen on this podcast. Even though I said I I'll give him that honest chance as a starter. But if you want if you want the the best results. Whitlock to the bullpen, Crawford to the rotation. Boom. Wow. I, I can't believe how that all just came together. Well, would I just mean me, me say, you know, Cutter Crawford's the only explanation that, bam, you know, it happens. But I, I, I would just love to, you know, understand the plan in them initially sending him down. Like, I understand, like, you know, we obviously talked about it. I, I don't want to get more into this than we have to. But, you know, being stretched out and then now you just throw a wrench into that with, with this potential injury of Kelly. And it's, no, you know, we're just going to go back to the original plan of he's a multi-inning reliever. You know, throw that all out the window. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll just use him as a multi-inning reliever. Because now, like, the whole question is, is, you know, it, are you just going to keep him like that? But, you know, I, I guess sort of – how, how the Sox kind of have to play it with all these different injuries happening is, you know, just fill in the spot where we need it and then just figure it out later. Yeah, I think that's that's what they're going to have to do. I think that's the kind of the position they've been forced into is that they uh, act now, figure it out later kind of thing. And it's not ideal. It's, it's not ideal to deal with any type of injury. It's especially not ideal when you're the Red Sox because you Zach Kelly was pitching very well throughout his, his brief time with the Red Sox this season. And Cutter Crawford was doing fine, but we know, like you said, we, you just mentioned him, get, keeping, keeping him stretched out, blah, blah, blah. But, man, it's just like, what are we doing? Again, what is the direction of this team? What is the long-term plan? Because I, don't, I feel like fans should not feel like this going into game 13 of the season. Fans shouldn't have all of this negativity, and understandably so. They have every right to feel the way that they do, 110%. But it's just like they deserve so much more than what these past 12 games have been. And I don't know if they're going to get it. And I mean, right now, and this is just a, a, a mess. I keep saying that it's a mess of what's happening to the Red Sox right now. And I mean, hopefully now I feel like depending on, of course, the extent of, of Zach Kelly's injury, Carter Crawford probably is here to stay now. But is he going to be this person because he has the options to get sent up and down when Bayo comes back? What about Wyatt Mills and uh, Jolie Rodriguez? So, I mean, I feel bad for Cutter Crawford being in that position, but I am glad that he is getting another shot so quickly with the Red Sox. But, man, we're backs are against the wall already. It's, a, it's April 13th. The backs are against the wall. It, it is crazy to, to, you know, ultimately be at this point. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very excited to – you know, to fast forward to June and ultimately see how this all plays out, you know, how the roster looks at, you know, after all these guys end up ultimately coming back and we're able to finally get sort of these answers. But, you know, I also wanted to, you know, we talked about, you know, making this a positive episode, but I wanted to sort of touch on Brian Mata's start a tiny bit to end the episode. You know, Bloom, as I mentioned, was at Polar Park. 
no idea why he was there, but you know, he he didn't see a great outing out of Brian Mata. And I know I know a lot of people were very excited about what they saw from Mata during spring training. There was a lot of hype from Alex Cora during during the spring that you know we could probably see Mata at the later part of the season. But the one thing that really hurt him last year, who which is continuing to hurt him this year, is his control issues. And we really, really saw it uh, on Wednesday night. I ended up pitching three in one third. About four hits, four earned runs, walking three batters. And, you know, I know when you hear three batters, Jake, what are you talking about? Bad control. Walking three batters isn't that bad. Well, he also hit three batters in a row to ultimately load the bases to end his outing. And then Jake Faria came in and allowed a grand slam. So not at all what you like to see. And especially when a guy, you know, hits, I think, hits three batters in a row like that. That definitely shows a control issue right there. So, you know, ultimately, I, I, I'm praying that, you know, he he improves. But at the same time, from what we saw, you know, in his first start of the season, ended up walking five. And now, you know, when you add up the hit by pitches, uh, there's six walks in, in one outing right there. And so I, I think this is something where Sox fans need to take a tiny bit of a step back in terms of Brian Mata, allow him to continue to develop into a strike throwing pitcher, you know, whether he is a starter or whether he is a reliever ultimately with the team. I, I think these control issues are pointing right there that he's a, he, he's most likely should be a reliever uh, in, in that might not have the ultimate control to be a uh, viable or productive starting pitcher in the major leagues. But, you know, I, I, I just hope that we continue to see not only, you know, Mata, Murphy and Walter, uh, shine and, and continue to develop down in Worcester so we can have more excitement about this team. We can have more confidence about this pitching uh, going more into the future rather than, you know, being nervous and, and biting our fingernails down absolutely every single game, you know, hoping that, you know, the pitchers don't allow, you know, five to six runs and the Sox can actually win a game. But we did our best to be as positive as possible this episode parring all, all the different stuff that you know ultimately was thrown at us uh last night uh but luckily we have an answer cutter crawford uh, is going to be filling in for zach kelly and uh you know Corey kluber is going to be on the mound against jeffrey springs who you know the Sox ultimately ended up you know allowing to leave the team and now he's dominating for the rays but you know it is what it is everything's fine everything's fine we just got to see kluber the Sox have kluber now the rays don't you know haha you know, Tampa, be upset. You know, we, we got to have something. We got to have something to be excited about and root for. But all we can hope that the Sox can finish out this series strong with a W. But uh, as always, we greatly appreciate everybody tuning into the podcast. If you have not yet, make sure to subscribe over on YouTube or whatever audio platform that you listen to. I also want to thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Now make your second listen and check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. Also follow Locked On Red Sox over on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox. Myself at Jake Iggy. And also Lauren. It's La La La. Three laws. Lauren with four R's. But we hope that this episode made you feel positive this morning or made you want to run through a brick wall or be motivated, I guess, to dominate the day. But at the end of the day, everything happens for a reason. You know, we're alive. Got to be happy about that. But we hope everybody enjoys their day. And we'll talk to you and see you guys tomorrow. We'll end it how we always end it. Keep the faith. Stay positive as much as you can. And let's go socks.